Hello, this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging engineers and executives, designers and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with Juan Aparicio, who is Product VP for Ready Robotics, which is a developer of innovative automation using industrial robots for a range of tasks, um, including packaging uh, production. Juan is also a technical advisor for the Advanced Robotics in Manufacturing and a member of A3's Strategic Committee on Artificial Intelligence, or AI as it's known. He definitely qualifies as an expert to talk about today's topic, which is artificial intelligence for packaging production operations. Juan, hello, and thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Hello, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be with you and all your audience. Thank you. So let's jump in right away. And Juan, tell us a little bit about what A3 is and what its new AI strategic committee is all about. Yes, yeah, so A3 stands for the Association for Advancing Automation, and it's the world's largest trade association for automation. I think it has right now more than 1,000 members, and it dates back to 1974. Oh, so okay. It, really, it has different technology groups. Uh, traditionally, there were three, robotics, vision and imaging, and motion controls and motors, encompassing all the vendors and companies in those areas. And recently, they have created a new technology strategy board on AI that has is comprised by leading AI experts in, from Microsoft, from Google, uh, also robot vendors, Amazon, and Sorry, robotics and myself. And this technology strategy board is really the effort of the culmination of a three-year effort that was spearheaded by Robert Huska from A3 and John Lisi from G to educate and inform automation leaders about the growing importance of AI in manufacturing. And really what we want to do is separate the signal from the noise that happens today in AI and um, promote education and adoption of applications of AI in automation. Okay, wonderful. Well, I think they are right on top of the uh, the topic here in um, giving it such emphasis with a, a new committee on this because we're seeing a lot of activity and interest with artificial intelligence um, in the packaging side. And I know uh, AI is much broader from manufacturing in general, but let's drill down just a little bit right now and um, talk about it from a packaging operations point of view. So um, Juan, what are you seeing are some of the impacts of artificial intelligence specifically on robotics or um, motion control, or you know what, you, you mentioned that third one, vision also, mm. which I, I didn't think of until you mentioned it. Um, mm. So robotics, motion control and vision and how mm. those are being used in packaging operations today. Mm -hmm. That's a good question, Lisa. So let's just take a step back and really think about where would it make sense to 
to use AI in such operations, right? And particularly in things like boxing and unboxing, bin picking, and other operations that are part of packaging. Okay. Okay. So if you think about if you have control on how your uh, or your products are being delivered to your automation, right? All the, the input and the output, then traditional automation works very well because it's fast, it's repeatable, and you have the years of experience and, yeah. yes. and many companies working in that domain. Now, the problem comes, okay, let's see that you cannot singulate. Usually this works very well when you can singulate the objects that you are going to yes. pack it. Mm -hmm. uh, because the robots then and the vision uh, can really work very fast to complete that task. If you cannot do it, there is still uh, automation equipment, like, for example, one of our partners is called Flexible out of Italy. They have one of these bowls that can vibrate and all the objects get separated, so it makes life easier for the robot. So still, traditional automation works very well in that space. Okay. And even if you are, let's say that you have all your objects in a bin and you cannot singulate them, it's still, uh, there are still methods, traditional machine vision approaches and 3D uh, computer vision approaches that work quite well, particularly if you have the CID file, your geometric file of the data that you, of the object that you're gonna pick. Mm -hmm. So then what's left, right? And what's left is when you have high mix, low volume, things typically that you find in e-commerce, in an Amazon warehouse, in a Walmart warehouse, where every object is different. Uh, and there is where traditional automation uh, finds is a roadblock, right? Because you cannot engineer a grasping for every object because every object is different. Right. And that's where AI has made a leap into this space. Particularly also AI means a lot of things, but more data-driven approaches, uh, like for example, uh, efforts like TextNet out of the University of Berkeley that now has translated into a company called Ambi Robotics. There are many startups now popping up in this domain because it, uh, there is a need and the technology is mature enough to, uh, to tackle this, this problem. Again, high mix, low volume, and in a scenarios where still you can allow for failure. And that's, I think, a very important differentiation because automation is precise, right? It's 99.999% yes. of precision. While AI, like it or not, is a tool and it helps us think about that as a tool and not a revolutionary magic that will solve every problem. And as a tool, it has its good things. It adds flexibility, but on the other side, it's stochastic. So there are many cases, if you haven't trained for it, the uh, algorithm will not know what to do. So there are many corner cases still in manufacturing where uh, just AI will, current methods of AI were, will not be enough. For example, the light conditions change and then suddenly your algorithm oh. don't see anything or there okay. is something stuck in a corner of a, of a bin and the robot cannot grasp it or it's a very flat object that is reflecting the light and you cannot see it. Things that for a human, because we are very dexterous, right? Or hands yes. or fingers evolve over millions of years. This is uh, not true in robots and not true in AI, right? So we have to design accordingly. I think that's the, the key, right? Uh, it's okay that your system is 98% 
precise. But what do you do with this 2%? I think that's where humans still play a huge role. And every time that someone has undervalued the, the value of humans in manufacturing, they have failed. Because humans are the most flexible and yeah, also the, the ingenuity that they can bring into the task. So right. um, thing happening in autonomous cars, by the way, right? Uh, people think about the main mistake why we still don't have autonomous cars is because people think about them on driverless. Uh, but they are not, that's okay to be driverless, but you are not humanless. There is a human in the loop. And having a human to tackle those corner cases going back into manufacturing has a lot of value. Right? Let's say that yes. being able to call a human if the robot gets stuck, being able to have an operator that is empowered to assist a robot. And then it's a difference, right? Because right now you have a human per station. In the near future, you may have a human per five or 10 stations. Yes. Solving these corner cases, helping the robots, having this collaboration really happening. Okay. So that is one area. Uh, there are other areas where AI can also help even more, particularly when there is not a real-time component on it, right? When you are picking, when your throughput depends on an algorithm, then you have to design it very well. But if you are optimizing, then you have more freedom because you do things on the, uh, not in real time, but saying, okay, I want, I know that I want to optimize the motions of my robots. That's something that you don't have to do it in real time or how my line is set up. You can gather data and speed out what is the right solution for that. You can also use it for finding your inventory. That's a typical problem that you see everywhere in any factory. You don't know where things are. You receive a package, mm -hmm. you, you will use it later on, but you just put it on a shelf and then how do you find it? Uh, so things, okay. in those cases, if you make a mistake, it's not uh, that critical because the benchmark is, I don't know where my things are. So if I know, now I know that that part is probably in a section of my plant with a specific percentage is better than I have. Same thing going back to the bin picking scenario. If I fail to pick, that's not relevant. What we care is about the throughput, is having 400 picks per hour or 600 picks per hour. Uh, and if I have a human in the loop and my ROI works out, that's perfect. That's why AI has is, I think, ripe for this kind of operations because particularly also, if you, I don't know, make a mistake and put the wrong item in a box, I mean, it depends. For some companies, it may be a big deal. For others, you can live without, right? It's well, different. Hopefully, they have some kind of uh, download or um, uh, down this, the scale inspection um, part exactly. of that as well. Still, I mean, you still have, uh, you know, certain processes in a, in a packaging line that have, have worked. Um, exactly. But let me let me ask you just one point here. So you've mentioned algorithms a couple of times, and I think a lot of people do understand that artificial intelligence is software. Um, I think the easiest definition might be uh, self-learning software, depending on those algorithms as you as you bring up. But you know, one thing struck me as you were talking is that. Um, 
for artificial intelligence really to work in these specific applications for packaging, robotics and um, vision motion control, you also need to have some improvement in the hardware portion of things. So if you've got a variety of products coming down the line that you need to pick, you need some kind of end effector that can pick those various items um, or some way of switching out those end effectors, but then you get into the time, you know, how long does that take and, you know, the speed. And I know speed has always been a little bit of a um, of an issue when comparing robotics with traditional automation. Mm -hmm. um, so does AI help in that regard at all <coughs> if the robot is making maybe faster decisions um, is there a speed boost with, by yeah. using AI? Uh, very good question. And a uh, short answer to me is when you use AI, you pay a price, and the price is usually speed. If you can control your inputs, if you have control on, on your environment, you will be much better served with a much faster with traditional automation robotics because they are designed for that, right? They don't. There is no computation needed. It's just there is the object. I pick it. I put it, and I do it okay. all the time. So um, when it comes to to speed, as I was saying, you will be much better served if you go with traditional automation and and robotics because that's repeatable. That's precise. What happens is sometimes you don't have that luxury, right? And then you have to design. Um, around your flexibility and add the speed in other ways. And there is where one of the things that I love about automation that is equally a science and an art, right? It's the art of how do you get that throughput with the tools that you have. And AI is just one more tool. It's not going to be the silver bullet that solves all your problems. It's the combination of digitalization, right? Having your process digitalized, this industry for oh, having your data available and connected from the top to the bottom, having still your robotics and good old-fashioned automation that uh, that works and give you a repeatability, and adding AI when it makes sense, only when it makes sense, right? And and getting that flexibility, understanding its limitations, that it's a stochastic process, things you don't have the, this is going to take 400 picks per second. It depends, right? It depends on the object. Right depends on the situation. But if you design your system with that variability, you can still can still be useful for you. I think it's the the bottom line on the, on the okay. So um, the main benefit then of AI in some of these packaging applications that we've been talking about is the uh, added flexibility. So speed ne necessarily isn't there. Um, it's the flexibility. And um, over and over again, we've been seeing a, um, a need for additional flexibility on packaging lines as the you know, number of products in, in a, a brand's um, mix uh, st continues to grow and and all of that. So um, when do you think we're going to start to see some of the benefits of AI? Because this is a uh, software solution, is it uh, something that can be easily, quickly um, implemented in current um, packaging processes? 
That's a, a good question. The, uh, I think it will depend for large enterprises and small SMEs. But if you already have a strategy on data, if you have a strategy on automation, right? How do you want to automate and robotize your operation to add more reliability and to add more precision, all the good um, qualities of automation, then it will be easier for you, right? You would need a strategy of what do you do with the data because uh, AI is data hungry, particularly data-driven methods. So you need to know how do you collect the data, if you have the sensors necessary and the, the infrastructure to collect it, to keep it safe, to learn and bring it back. These are new, uh, nothing comes for free. AI mm -hmm. is very compute heavy, so you need also to have the compute power to, um, to enable that. But it, for large enterprises, that's something that has been going on particularly since this industry for dotto movement. Uh, for a small enterprise, then the question is also, what do you do if you don't even have a robot, right? That's the, or if you haven't started with automation, is AI now I'm leapfrog two steps without thinking about the other steps. And I think, again, going back and thinking about AI as a tool will help. And for that, uh, AI has to be easier to use, right? The same thing for robots, right? For a long time, robots have been put out of the hands of, have been kept out of the hands of, um, of a small and medium enterprise because they were so difficult to program. You don't need, uh, nobody had uh, the expertise, or it was very difficult to find the expertise to program and maintain and debug a robotic program. Same for automation. This is one of the, the main, uh, right now, uh, drawbacks of really restoring a lot of automation is do we, we don't have the experts uh, that can do that. So it's really important also to, to don't make the mistake again make AI and also together with robotics and automation easier to program, easier to install, easier to maintain. So everybody can really benefit from it. It's not like a, I deliver a black box. It's a very complex uh, system. And if it doesn't work, you have to call me. Uh, that Juan, Juan can I ask, do you think um, the uh, packaging machinery manufacturers are doing this now, or is that still something that um, needs a little bit more work? I think a lot of them are starting to look into it. Particularly, there are many, many, many startups in this in this domain. Uh, Cobarian is one out of Berkeley or Emeryville that just raised eighty million dollars. Ambi Robotics, Rios, uh, uh, Berkeley Gray. Uh, I can continue, I think, for 10 or more. So there are many people looking into this, uh, many companies. Uh, and is A A3 maybe a good source for people in the packaging industry to look to, to get um, maybe information on some of those startups? I think A3 is a great source for information for those startups and also to educate on what AI can do. I think the problem right now, what we are really trying to do is there is a mixed noise of, hey, AI can do everything in the world and it's going to steal our jobs and uh, we are not going to have a job. And on the other side, people that are realizing, no, but this doesn't fit my needs, right? I will be much better served with traditional uh, methods. And the answer is probably, it's not black and white, there is a lot of gray, is uh, when you have a hammer, you're always looking for nails, right? So yes. that's the same thing. If you're going to 
build a house, you should build it with the tools that you have at your disposal. And AI is just another thing that you should put in your tooth belt. Uh, it's just one piece of the puzzle. So I was saying the other pieces is also, as you said very well, is this is all based on software too. Right? So it's important to also invest in technologies that give, that empower the workers and the people around that automation cell to be the owners of their destiny. Every time that I have seen new piece of technology, if it's just a black box that you don't have any control, uh, this is going to fail, right? You have to interiorize, you have to own it and know what it can do. And the easier we can make it to the operators to maintain, to fix and to support those, because that's what happens, right? If you have uh, this beautiful new method in your in your packaging line and suddenly it breaks, then you are going to lose confidence out of that. But if you know why that happened and you can yourself without having a PhD in robotics really jump into and fix it, that will be, I think, extremely important. That's, for example, the focus, the entire focus of our companies of Ready Robotics is to make it as easy as possible to program, to maintain operations like packaging, like um, uh, boxing, unboxing, palletizing, matching okay. vision, inspection, etc. Okay, um, wonderful. So I guess um, by my questions, I guess I've been assuming a couple of things and maybe I shouldn't. Hmm. And um, one of the things that I've been assuming is that um, the, the packaging machinery manufacturer is the one who would integrate the artificial intelligence into their packaging um, machine controls, operations, whatever. And then the brand owner who's going to be using the, this machine in the plant is going to be the one who's, um, whenever they have any questions or issues or anything, they'd go back to the, the machinery manufacturer. You talk, though, about a number of startups in this area. Um, so I'm just wondering, is that kind of the, the way things are going, things are progressing right now to implement AI in, in packaging machinery? Or are brand owners kind of recognizing that they have this, this need um, for more flexibility and reliability, or they're very data heavy, they, um, they understand the benefits of managing that data, to further improve their, their packaging operations. Are they gonna be doing this themselves or is it primarily, do you see the, the growth of this in the packaging machinery market through the uh, machinery manufacturers? That's an excellent insight actually. Yeah, and that uh, uh, has a lot of um, ramifications on it and there are different trends. I think that is the, uh, it's not clear how the industry will evolve but probably it's not just one direction. There will be several ones. There will be packaging machines, like uh, machine builders that integrate that in their solutions. A lot of cases partnering with those startups because still AI is a complicated uh, field and uh, it's difficult to tap into the expertise. And it's also just uh, difficult for a lot of these companies to justify having their own AI group while they can also tap into this technology externally, but still they will integrate that into one solution that gets delivered. The problem with that is it is still is something you are jumping a lot of 
uh, steps. So if something goes wrong, uh, it may be difficult for an operator to really on-site debug it, right? Because it's difficult. It depends on the how uh, easy to program are those machines. On the other side, you have what has happened in the in the mobile phone or in the PC business, right? Where everybody can install a piece of software. Everybody can. It's so easy to interact with it. Why is automation different, right? So can be that, yes, you have your own automation. And then by having this layer of software on top that abstract the complexity of the lower layers of the robot and the controls, then you can start also opening up a market for companies that just serve you, for example, an inspection application. And that's what you have. And in the future, you want to do uh, boxing, then you add the beam picking application. In the future, you want to optimize your the path of your robots because you have been doing it manually and you think there is also need for that. Then we can do that, right? You can grow as your business grows. And that has a lot of advantages, right? When you are delivered a machine, that's usually fixed, right? You can do whatever you want to do. If your business grows, then you need something else. Then you need to go back and look for that um, kind of homogenized solution that, but manufacturing is very heterogeneous, right? So if you are empowering doing it yourself in growing automation as your business grows, if it's so easy for you to do it, I think that also has a lot of value. But I see these two trends, probably they will coexist. Um, and AI being also, uh, there will be companies, going back to your question, to the root of the question, there will be companies that embed that AI into their machines. There will be partnerships. There will be groups, still big uh, machine builders that think that it makes sense for them to grow that and have that intrinsic in their operations. And there is this third trend also very promising of still machine builders will remain the same. And there will be other companies that add that piece of software on top uh, that enables them uh, all their third parties to install their software on top. Uh, so imagine that, right? If we are in that world, uh, there may be even companies outside robotics, outside packaging that have never been in manufacturing that suddenly they get attracted to this space and offer value uh, mm -hmm. if it was easier for developers to jump into that space. Right. And like almost any technology, some um, some manufacturers, some brand owners um, might be able to leapfrog as they go from maybe a manual semi-automatic um, operation to a automa automated system process that maybe uses AI, depending on the, uh, the flexibility needs that they have. But, <clears throat> you know, also while you were talking, it, it came to me that the machinery manufacturers who are embedding the uh, AI into their systems, <clears throat> excuse me, um, will probably really have to be, have a lot of insight into their customers' business, their customers' um, packaging operations, because um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but as you've been talking, I've kind of heard that um, integrating AI or using AI um, and seeing the benefits of AI in a packaging operation is probably pretty um, application specific. 
So um, those machinery manufacturers who would recommend this tool to a customer must really know their customer's business and their customer's yeah. operations. At least that's that, what I see. Fully agree, right? But that applies to everything in, in business, right? The more you know your customer, the more you will, you will be successful. And with the AI, even more, right? Uh, I think at the end of the day, that's one of also the nice things about manufacturing or packaging and logistics is that things have to work. Right. It doesn't have to work just in nice videos and presentation. It has to work in the real world. And whatever you use, I don't think for the end user they care if this is AI or this is a model-based approach. It just has to work. And it has to work with the constraints and the ROI that it's specified, right? So yes. I think that's the the beauty, but also the, the challenge and why this industry is so difficult for a lot of companies. Okay, so... Yeah, um, not to end on, a, on a, a sour note, but let's talk a little bit about some of these challenges that might uh, still um, remain uh, to, to make it a challenge to implement AI in uh, packaging operations. So you talked a little bit about the, uh, the cost aspect of it um, and the skill level. Um, is there anything else? Um, what other challenges do you see? Mm -hmm. I think let's start with, uh, I think a good definition. Uh, I think probably the, the listeners of this podcast have guessed that from my accent that I have Hispanic roots, so going from yeah. Spain. So one of the words that I really like uh, is ingenuity, right? So uh, yeah, humans uh, really know how to apply ingenuity into into uh, into any operation that, that we make, right? We put our brain and we are able to really uh, extrapolate a situation from, okay, I see that something is going wrong, I will fix it. Now, if you translate it, that same word in Spanish looks very similar, it's called ingenuidad. It means naivety. Ah. So it means that you are, you are naive, it sounds very similar. But if you are naive, I think that's how I will differentiate humans versus AI. I think AI is is pretty naive, right? It, it will do what you have trained it to do. So if it has seen an, a scenario uh, where objects are placed in a certain way, or it will be able to to fulfill the order. But let's say that, I don't know, you are packaging shampoo bottles, and one of the bottles open, and then everything is sticky, he will not know, right? A human will immediately say, okay, this is bad, right? I will put it out. The robot will say automation and still AI cannot do it. Uh, corner cases, you don't know what you don't know. And there may be lighting situations, there may be corner cases where, I don't know, something hit the machine is slightly over for a human, it will immediately understand that something is going wrong. But for an AI, if you haven't, if it hasn't seen it, you will not be able to recognize that. And there are many scenarios there, right? You don't know what you don't know. And I think that's how the analogy that I will try to make is, is that then the other factor, right? That's why it's also so important to have humans in the loop because we are great to solve all these corner cases. It's very difficult, again, going back to the autonomous cars world to 
uh, when you are driving at 100 miles or 60 miles per hour to just give back control to the human because you have the context change very quickly. In automation and in logistics, you can have that context and give that context to a human saying, hey, the robot has failed three times to pick that object. Can you do that? Or something is going wrong. I don't know what it is, right? This is, uh, and the more we work into making those technologies easy to explain to a human, I think that's the other part of AI that usually gets overseen. There is a data-driven approach, but there is also the more traditional semantics, explainability of things that is also very neat still, right? You, there is more work needs to be done to, when something fails, explain why. And AI so far, has been, data-driven methods and deep learning has been a, a black box, and that has a lot of limitation. It works when it works, but when it doesn't, you want to know why, right? Right. You want to <laughs> the human to, to fix it on site or to find a workaround because otherwise they will be down and that has a uh, high price that you're paying. When Alexa at your home doesn't get your question right, what happens? Nothing, right? <laughs> it's, what is the price for that? But if, it, if the same AI or a similar approach, right, uh, doesn't work in when you're packing, then you have a problem. Right? I think that's the, the, the one of the challenges right now is explainability. It's also understanding that it has to work with humans. Let's not, also, let's not throw out all this automation and all, all other techniques that have been working. It's just the, the mix of all of them. I think a good analogy also is when you're making a cake, right? I, I like probably a chocolate cake, but that's not the, more than a plain one, but that's not the main ingredient. And to me, AI is the chocolate layer, but the flavor, the flour, the sugar, the milk, all, all the other ingredients that actually make the cake, this is traditional automation, this is your processes, your data, and also the humans that are in the loop, right? And then Excellent. you put the other things on top. <laughs> I love that analogy, and especially, you know, um, itemizing all those things that go into it, the humans and the data and, and uh, standard automation, all of that. Excellent one. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I, I do have one other question. Um, so we know that there are some challenges, um, but that's kind of almost good news because we know there's going to be developments in this area. Mm -hmm. And A3 is there to help with the uh, um, education of what's going on um, and the whatnot. But um, when, uh, can you give kind of a time on this? When do you think packaging operations are going to benefit from mm -hmm. AI? I think that's a good question, right? I wish I have this, <laughs> this ball, magic ball where I can see the future, but the, uh, I think what is probably uh, also a very interesting question is when really robotics will be, when will the benefits of robotics be seen by not only large organizations, but also SMEs? Because the moment that I think it's important to put the foundation, the moment that robotics and automation work there, then they are ready to add the AI layer. But for a lot of companies, small ones, they still have been kept away from that. Uh, benefits of robotics. So the moment that that happens, and I mean, there were only 30,000 robots sold in the US in 2019. That's, that's very little. <laughs> that was before the pandemic. So 
we need more robots. We need to make it easier to program and to maintain and to set up and fix those robots once they are in operation. Once that happens, then it's easy to add the, the other layer. There are a lot. Um, I think right now, if someone really has that flexibility needs and understand that uh, humans are also an important part and can design those systems around for the corner cases, they can reap the benefits of AI today. So today is ready for some applications like pin picking or uh, palletizing or other things where it makes sense. Uh, still, if you are thinking about, no, 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 I don't want to have any human in my factory. This is all blackout, all robots powered by very powerful AI brains. This will not happen anytime soon. And this, uh, unless, again, you are completely controlling your input and output and over-design your system, AI is still nice, right, to my previous point. And mm -hmm. uh, doesn't offer the ingenuity of, of humans. So starting from the, going back to the basics, I think having robots in every, really, every business can, in one way or another, is doing packaging, right? So if they're making the a product, they're packaging it somehow, exactly. some way. Yep. <laughs> so the more robots we add that powered by software that is easy to use, then uh, AI comes natural to so that either if you want to do inspection or if you want to automate some beam picking or if you want to optimize the throughput of the movement of your robots, it will come naturally. But this, uh, it will be starting the house from the ceiling if you do it the other way around. If you think that, oh, okay, now someone magically is going to solve all my problems with AI. Okay. Well, um, it's... Uh like I say, uh, a good situation to be in because we know that there's going to be a lot of developments coming. So um, hmm. ex exciting time in the AI, uh, the AI, uh, just its development. Um, so wonderful. And One, working in packaging, yes. It's yes. Very exciting time. It, it always that's booming now. <laughs> always is, always is. Um, Juan, thank you so very much for this. I appreciate it. You've made a lot of good points, and um, we will keep our eye on this uh, topic. So, thank you very much for your expertise. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa, and thank you all the, your audience. <laughs>